You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show on 710KURV. Here's Sergio. The Sergio Show, News Talk 710KURV. We're in the nation's capital again this year. It's the Federation American Immigration Reform Annual Feet to the Fire Radio Row Conference. We got my goodness, if you consider all the affiliates, everybody else connected to some of these folks, we have literally hundreds of radio stations nationwide focusing on the Biden border mess, the immigration problem. We've always had immigration problem, policy that needs to be fixed. But my goodness, it's worse than ever. So we're trying to focus all of America, middle America, West Coast, East Coast, on what's going on. And we definitely appreciate the invitation from the folks at FAIR for the invite. Mr. Dan Stein is president of the Federation for American Immigration Reform. And again, thanks for the invite, Mr. Stein. Um, I want to get some history on FAIR. How did it start? And through the years, I mean, my second question was going to be, how much have we achieved in immigration reform? Man, we've gone real far backwards. So so let's look at history. How did FAIR start? Well, I mean, fortunately, uh, there were some visionaries way back in the 70s who recognized that because of global population growth, there were going to be pressures on our borders, the likes of which no nation like ours had ever experienced and said, look, we have to address an immigration system that we can be proud of and the rest of the world will respect. And that means the ability to control illegal immigration and the ability to decide immigration based on the national interest. FAIR was set up in 1979 with that objective to try to keep immigration levels about 300,000 a year, permanent settlements, and then illegal immigration. And over the years, we've worked on major legislative initiatives to, for example, employer sanctions and immigration deterrence, uh, a lot of reform bills in 1996, 86, and others. Um, And as the politics have become more divided, it's become more difficult to get centralized consensus on the fact that we're a nation of laws and respect for law is a cornerstone of citizenship, that many people come here because they believe the U.S. works and that we have a system of impartial justice. But when you continue passing immigration amnesties, people get the message that cheating is actually the way to get in, right? So that's kind of un-American. But right now we have an administration that's confirming our worst fears, which is that if you have somebody who's unprincipled in the executive who ignores Congress's limits and just lets people run into the country, all hell breaks loose. And that's one of the things we were set up to try to prevent. It's scary to consider what might be in the near future. This is the Sergio Show again from Washington. We're at the Federation for American Immigration Reform annual conference on, on immigration issues. We've had under Joe Biden more than likely about 5 million illegal entries, like 2 million that we know of that were processed by Border Patrol, probably another 2 million who got away, and then almost a million in the first few months of administration at the end of the fiscal year. Man, that's 5 million in like almost two years. We're looking at maybe. I don't know. Lord helps another 10 million by the time he he leaves office. That and with a backlog of the asylum cases that are being gamed right now in immigration court. I hate to ask this, but is it too late to, to make a difference? Because it, it just seems that the task is insurmountable for the immigration courts and for Immig- immigration customs enforcement to kick these folks out. Well, keep in mind that even unfortunately, the nonprofit organizations that are trying to settle the folks coming in are overwhelmed. But they are not going to the administration and saying, look, we can't handle any more. They don't seem to have a plan. But the point to keep in mind is that what we're seeing now is merely a trickle of what could come across that border unless they do something pretty dramatic to stop it. There's about a billion and a half people who'd like to move to the U.S. And if we don't change something, we're going to be just beyond overwhelmed at this point. So 
it's a very dangerous situation. To say nothing can be done and it's all over is not, not true. We have the legal tools, we have the, the national ability and resources to do that kind of thing. What we lack is uh, a political resolve, right? I mean, Trump got elected in 2016 in large part on the immigration issue. Biden came in and dismantled everything in 60 days. The voters got an opportunity to see firsthand how responsive the flow is to political leadership. To see that it does matter who you vote for, it does matter who you elect. If people want to have a country that has a sovereign control system, borders at work, then they're going to vote accordingly. But if they don't care and they just want to see their schools overwhelmed, housing overcrowded, uh, you know, wealth inequality continue to advance, and employers be able to pay, you know, basically dirt wages all day for no for, for hard work, well, then you'll let the borders stay open. But you know, that's not the American way, and we don't think most Americans believe in that. Dan Stein is president of the Federation for American Immigration Reform. This is the Sergio Show. We're broadcasting from the nation's capital at the annual Feet to the Fire conference. Well, if and when the GOP takes over, well, looks like the House is might be in the bag. You know, it's, it's an eternity between now and Election Day. But, okay, let's assume they take over, and hallelujah, they take over the Senate. What can, well, what would you like them to do? What can they do, being that they do not have the executive branch? Well, they, clearly nothing changes even if they take the House, except that oversight becomes much more aggressive. They have the ability to call and hold officials accountable in hearings about what they're doing. And they do have a framework, uh, which has been endorsed by the Republican policy committees in the House, uh, to fix asylum, tighten up on the border controls, uh, detention, deportation, immigration courts, the framework for a legislative proposal. Um, it would be important to see them advance that proposal, at least in the House, if they take control, and use it to form a framework for you know the political campaigns in 2024. Uh, nobody knows how long Biden's going to be in the White House. I mean, he may step aside tomorrow, for all we know, because he's he's clearly clinically, you know, infirm and cognitively uh, challenged, to put it mildly. Uh, if Kamala Harris is there, we're not going to see any dramatic improvement there. But the prospects for re- the issue becoming a major, major political topic in 2024 are now huge, huge. Um, and, you know, the, the outcome is going to be clear. You asked the question, is it too late? Well, if we get another eight years of this, arguably, maybe it will be too late. But right now we all have to fight. And as Americans, we have to stand tall, stand together. And we don't want cartels running our border. We don't want smuggling operations, human trafficking, fentanyl poisoning our kids. We don't want terrorists coming across the border. We don't want, you know, a million get a gotaways. I mean, no country, Ronald Reagan said a country's sovereignty is defined by its ability to control its borders. We're either going to be a country or we're not, for crying out loud. Eight more years of this, <clears throat> scarier thought than thinking Kamala Harris would be president of the United States. <laughs> Shudder to think. But, like, but, you know, she's the border czar. You know that. So good news for the border, right? Well, the funny thing is the legacy media have checked out. Uh, we saw their behavior during the Trump administration. Now they don't ask any questions. They don't get an opportunity to ask questions. Their hand, And they apparently go along with this charade. They've lost all this credibility. Fortunately, talk radio is still around. They have internet independent sources. Despite the tech censorship, people are still getting the information out there. Like I say, I think because Biden was so ham-fisted in how he dismantled controls and public was able to see the immediate response, 
that created enormous political liability for President Biden. I mean, historically, Bill Clinton lost his only election because of the rioting by Cubans in Fort Chaffee when he ran for governor. Uh, Jimmy Carter, in many cases, lost his re-election campaign to uh, uh, to uh, Ronald Reagan because of his, you know, the Mariel boat lift and that sense of lack of control. Politically, it is devastating for someone like Biden to create the appearance of having lost control of the borders, and we have. For people running around town, driving vehicles, running their businesses, just regular folks. I mean, it's the sense of helplessness, impotence. You really, it seems like you really can't do anything outside of just cast one vote. Is there anything else that you tell regular working folks, do this to help us move in the right direction and secure our borders? Well, first of all, you're not alone. And you want to join FAIR. You want to educate yourself on the issues and talk to your neighbors. But politics begins locally at your school boards and in your county and your mayors. It begins in your local political system and works its way up through that process. And we've seen parents fighting back in Virginia and and Florida and places like that. And so, you know, people do have to, they, they can't take it for granted. It's not, I mean, we, we've gone away from apathy to engagement. And while many people are discouraged about how the 2016 election went down and what happened with, uh, you know, a guy sitting in his basement somehow getting elected while the other guy had massive crowds that were all cheering for him. Um, I mean, unless you believe that our legal, our political, our voting system is rigged, which it may well be, but if you, I mean, you know, you, you have no reason for just not getting involved and getting out there. We have to fight for our country while we still have time. All right. Thanks for the invite. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Dan Stein, president of the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Stay tuned to 710KURV. Next couple of days, man, we got lots of interviews, lots of folks from on the front lines of law enforcement, folks from the border property owners. We got some folks that are in different types of media production as well that are providing the information that, that you need to see when it comes to all this information from the border. This is the Sergio Show, Newstalk 710KURV at the Feet to the Fire Fair Conference in Washington. This is the Sergio Show. This is the Sergio Show, News Talk 710KURV. We're in the nation's capital, part of the Federation of American Immigration Reform annual conference, hoping to focus on all things immigration. How do you say your first name, Sheriff? Kieran? Kieran, yep. Kieran Donahue. Yep. Or Donahue. 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 Old Irish. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Like, like the guy on TV that I grew up. Who's this lefty on TV? Why, is, why does he get... When I was watching Donahue as yeah. a kid, I said, why do they allow him to say all these crazy things on the television? Hey, it's America, kids. Yeah. Because I had to learn. I didn't learn that in public school. <laughs> Our precious liberties that we could so easily lose. Yeah. I had to learn that past almost 30 years as a talk radio host and a journalist but thank god we're here and thank god no doing kidding. our part uh, to try to save our nation man with oh by the way sheriff donahue where are you from what, what i'm you, in canyon county idaho okay. which is uh, the southwestern part of the state right next to boise idaho all right that's far away from the border sheriff yeah not far enough it turns out well well the whole illegal immigration thing how does that affect 
what you do day to day in well, your the, community. Well, it really drives our criminal enterprises, criminal organizations. We are we are inundated with the uh, with the illegal narcotics that come from the border. We're actually a not just a depository; we're a distribution point in the Western United States through for the rest of America. When it comes, and we have multiple ulterior or ultra arterial highways and freeways that come into our our area. So it's great for the cartels. They can hide it out. They can deposit it, and then that distribution through the local gangs, through the outlaw motorcycle gangs. It's a great distribution point. It connects to the Pacific Northwest, to the Tri-Cities, Washington, and then, of course, Oregon. So we are a, we are a hub, and we are, we're getting our, yeah, our butts so, kicked out there. Wow. I thought maybe it's because these Mexican cartels, they like potatoes. You know, potatoes no. are the main staple of some of our quesados, right. the, the beef and the chicken. No, they're... They're setting up shop. They're warehousing some of this crap that they're bringing in. For, for decades. Yeah, wow. We've been at it for decades. you got the resources necessary to address this issue? No, no, nobody does, really. And especially now with fentanyl, it's the worst thing we've ever seen. And it's uh, it's literally hitting us. We're doing seizures all the time. But it's it's the amount of overdose deaths and, and the criminality involved with the distribution of the drugs. It's just we don't have near the amount of resources to deal with this. And quite frankly, it's really difficult to, to dig in deep to create good long-term investigations because of the internet, Snapchat, distribution on Snapchat, TikTok, and all this that uh, that the cartels are using now to to sell the fentanyl and sell methamphetamine. Uh, the the game has changed dramatically since I was in the streets. From Idaho, Sheriff Karen Donahue is my guest. This is the Sergio Show. We're in the nation's capital, part of the Federation for American Immigration Reform annual immigration conference. We're hoping to. Wake America up as best we can, because one thing for sure, the top of the hour news, bottom of the hour news, and all dinosaur networks, they sure as hell ain't doing it. So we have to do this conference yearly and try to get the message across. But obviously, if, if fentanyl, deadly fentanyl, is such a big problem, even in Idaho, near Boise, uh, Americans already know. But I wonder if they're able to make the, con- the connection between their loved one being poisoned and the cartels that trafficked all this crap from mexico i i don't think they do for two things i don't think they know the danger and i don't think they make the connection these these people kids you know teenagers even younger are dying from fentanyl uh addicts are dying from fentanyl uh first-time users are dying from fentanyl and so people first of all don't understand the danger of the drug they don't have a comprehensive understanding and states like mine our governor, I'm on his panel to make people aware of this issue. We just met before I flew out here to make sure that we are driving the strategy forward to, so people become aware. But then even if they're aware, we have to drive home the point that this didn't just show up on our streets miraculously. This is intentionally placed there by the Mexican cartels, and it's moving across that border. It's moving. Uh, everything comes from the border. You know, you're from McAllen. I mean, come on. We know what's coming across there. And but it's when it comes across from Arizona or California, a lot of it goes up the Pacific North highways, up into Washington, Oregon, and then comes back to us. But a lot of it comes straight from Arizona right into Boise, Idaho, or through Utah, through the interstate coming up through Salt Lake City. So that's how it gets to us. But the fentanyl, we've been DEA even in my states putting out warnings. This is the most dangerous thing we have ever seen. We're seeing a little bit of a drop off by the pills. And although we're seeing an increase in the rainbow uh, fentanyl, where it's color uh, like candy, 
but we're seeing a very strong increase in powder form because the the people on the streets are demanding the power the powder because it's a it's a it's a harder hit for them and it, and they're, they're asking for it by the dealers that's what, that's the intel that's coming off the street so Although we've been dealing with pills, and we're going to deal with pills for quite some time, mm-hmm. now the powder is being laced in everything. They're smoking it with marijuana, in, in cocaine, in methamphetamine, and they're putting it in heroin. And so almost man, makes you wish for the days of simple marijuana. Simple marijuana. <laughs> like I'd go, a, simple oh, cocaine. I, I wish for the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's crazy. It's, yeah. You just it's can't imagine It's how, amazing how lethal um, this fentanyl yeah. stuff is, which forces you, uh, your colleagues, your your employees, your deputies, yeah. to get like special training, right, yeah. to handle all the stuff when you encounter it. Yeah, and I've had four deputies go down with it just in the jail alone, doing intake. Where it's it, been in, in the intake, I've had I've had, had them all ambulatory, all hospitalized because of it. Had to go to the hospital just with the powder. How, how do you address that when somebody gets? Touches is what is it touching it? Just it's simply touching we, it. We believe is airborne. Even okay. though the, my deputies had masks on, wearing gloves, but uh, they still, you know, went through the eyes or what have you. They still all two different instances, two males, uh, and then two weeks later, two females doing an intake process. And what do you do? Is it Narcan? Yeah, or what? yeah. We have a medical staff on hand there, of course, but they're they're literally unconscious and all. That you know, the first incident, they're Narcan. Uh, call EMS, got ambulances there, they're ambulatory. The one deputy uh, went down again at the hospital, narcan again, and then put on a Narcan drip to save his life. That, that's a, that, this isn't somebody that's out there intentionally ingesting fentanyl. And, here, and that's an interesting aspect because when I've talked about that, I've got some pushback by some of the medical people out there. Oh, that can't happen. We deal with fentanyl all the time. Yes, you, you, you deal with FDA-regulated, FDA-approved, clinical, medical fentanyl patches that are that are very very closely monitored as yeah. the amounts we're talking about street fentanyl we're talking about a, a powder or a peel press clandestine in the jungle in the desert no no fda regulators seeing how much is going in here yeah and how what's the what's the purity of that fentanyl is being used yeah. so that pushback gets lost on me i, I don't have time for it from idaho sheriff kieran donahue yeah, near Boise, that's where he does his work, law enforcement work, and fentanyl, uh, the poison that is fentanyl coming across the border from Mexico, uh, a major issue in his community and in all communities nationwide. Uh, you're listening to the Sergio Show. We're broadcasting from the nation's capital, part of the Federation for American Immigration Reform annual immigration conference. We're, we're dealing with all the uh, evils and all the broken policies and the... Um, Politicians asleep, still asleep at the switch when it comes to illegal immigration and all the drugs pouring into our country, hoping to wake up America. We got literally, if you consider all the affiliates of some of the national broadcasters, we have hundreds of radio stations today, tomorrow, and some on Friday that we'll be hearing about the immigration mess and the illicit drug trafficking that's taking place, all the stuff coming in from, from Mexico, from China, other places as well. Uh, Sheriff, this is a national security priority, and... I think it's malpractice, journalistic malpractice, that the national media here in this city in Washington and up in New York, that they don't make this, they don't emphasize this national security issue and how it affects the lives, health of, of families and, and children across uh, across our nation. At the local level, uh, I'm just curious, up, up in Boise, do they, local press, do they do a good job of, of no. covering the fentanyl stuff? No, or? they don't. Uh, programs like yours do. That's it. 
but your mainstream media does not. And and if I could touch on that, this this is a national security matter. This is a national security threat, national security threat. And when you look across there, that just just under two point one million. Uh, apprehensions this year alone that's from customs board protection numbers last week when i was down on the southern border in cochise county that we met with them down there that's their numbers that's not my numbers but six hundred thousand gotaways but of those apprehensions a hundred represent 163 countries in the world mm-hmm. and now the number i heard this morning 77 uh terrorists actually on terrorist watch list have been yeah. apprehended yeah How's that not a security risk to the United States? When you have 600,000 gotaways, we don't know where these people went. We don't know who they were. That's a minimum number, 600,000. That'll, that'll increase by the end of the month. I, I, how is that not a security matter? And then when you, you talked about China, China's going to destroy this country without firing a shot. I've said that for years. I mean, all you got to do is, 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 uh, De- deassemble the entire infrastructure of the United States by illegal narcotics, and that's what you're doing. Yeah. When everybody's dependent upon that, the judicial system, the social economic system is breaking down because of it, you're going to step right in. No, and you can branch off, you know, branch this conversation off to other talking points. The social revolution, mm-hmm. we're distracted by, you know, injections and genital surgeries of our children the mm-hmm. transgender things all all these pronoun you know lunacy that that is dominating conversations in academia and in media and the entertainment elites and politicians it it's um we're distracted by that by that in china in grade school they're <laughs> elementary school they're they're teaching uh, trigonometry making right. sure that their kids learn multiple languages and, and math uh we're on the wrong path oh and, my God. and i hope that I hope we, we shift and change direction. Uh, on the illegal immigration side, uh, Sheriff, uh, again, my guest is, is Sheriff Kieran Donahue from Idaho near Boise. Do you all have like stash houses full of illegal immigrants that get trafficked up there as well or uh, operations that hire a whole bunch of illegal immigrants that get slave labor? And that's yeah, really like food process, ser- right? Indentured servitude. Do you, do you have that up there as well? We, we are working cases right now of that. I can't speak to them in their entirety, but you're absolutely right. We have them right there where, where I'm at. We've got two major cases going right now, and the indentured servitude is real. You know, these people coming across the border, six thousand, fifteen thousand, twenty-five thousand dollar price tag. They don't have it, so they're they're uh, in yeah. debt to the cartels, yeah. as you know. Modern day slavery. Modern day slavery. Yeah. So then they ship them anywhere in the United States where you've got a a, a nefarious let's say a nursery or a landscaper or a hotel or whatever con you name the contractor they're out there those businesses are out there they're putting them to work stashing them in these houses 20 30 deep and then they work for pennies on the dollar for a minimum of two years and as you know being from texas and on down on the border if you if they step out of line their families are going to pay that price they're going to pay the price one way or the other the violence is is unrestricted and so, yes, we have it right there in, in my jurisdiction, and it's just getting worse. And then, of course, the sex trafficking, which is even harder to track. It is so hard because a lot of this stuff's down on the dark web, right? And, and Snapchat and TikTok and all these places. And for us to get to who's controlling the numbers, they're out of state. They're out of the country. And But the victimization is right there in front of us, right? We can we can take off the... The end user, so to speak, or the or yeah. the the person, yeah, the but we're predator. not getting to the root of it. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, for your time, Sheriff, and be safe, and uh, you and your deputies. And I know, little by little, it seems like the situation is getting worse, especially on the drug running side. But you be safe, and and Lord willing, hope to see you 
Well, obviously, I don't think this is going to be fixed in a year, so I might see you in a year <laughs> if I come back to this thing next year. I appreciate year. that. Thanks, Thanks for stopping by. Good to meet you, sir. You too. Uh, Sheriff Kiernan Donahue from Idaho near Boise. You're listening to a special edition of the Sergio Show. This is News Talk 710 KURV. We hop from the border all the way to the nation's capital, part of this immigration conference, of this conversation by literally hundreds of radio stations across the nation, hoping to bring the message messages of our broken immigration system, broken policy in our country over the next couple of days because the big media sure as heck ain't, ain't doing it. Thank you so much for listening to News Talk 710KURV. Stick around for more conversations you need to hear. This is the Sergio Show, News Talk 710KURV from the nation's capital. This is the Sergio Show. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURV. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Special edition of the Sergio Show. This is News Talk 710 KURV. Why is it so special? Well, hey, I'm not in the studio in McAllen today. I'm in the nation's capital. Part of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, the annual conversation on the Biden. Right now, it's the Biden border mess. My guest right now from Real America Voice, Ben Berkwam, and he brought a souvenir with him. And I tell you what, you tell people what you do for a living, Ben, and then tell me a little, a little bit of. Oh my, what is that, brother? Carpet shoes. These are. What oh, those the, are the yeah, carpet are shoes. The, I've, got, I've got multiple pairs of these. Evade the sensors in the ground. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, so wow. you don't see their footprints. These and then the ID. So uh, my show's Law and Border, and, and basically we travel from Law and Border. <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> From uh, yeah, combination of uh, uh, like. But but you have to change the the, the theme song so that you don't infringe copyright. Dun, 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 dun. Do, yeah. do it back. It'll have a little yeah. Spanish flair to it. That's with uh, accordion yeah. and all that stuff. All yeah. right, what is Real America Voice, man? What is it? Uh, we're a, a national network now. We're on Dish Network, Roku, Pluto, um, and kind of all over the place. Uh, if you've heard of Steve Bannon in the War Room, we uh, we we've basically filled the void of what conservative media. Uh, yeah. Should have been doing. Yeah, I've I've run into your channel. Yeah, so and, I, and I've popped myself there with some of the talkers that are there. Uh, you are one of several new channels. Yep. that are conservative media journalism. Yep. Uh, news programs yep. out there. We're filling the void for truth in media. Dear friend of mine, Dana Lash. Yep, she's on one of those, and yep. she does her talk show on there along with other people. There's a whole bunch of them now. It's, burgeoning industry i love it yeah i, I love it we need that yeah Absolutely. basically uh when uh the one of the three letter networks starting with an f ending with an ox uh you know called the election early in in uh uh last in 2020 there was i mean we we all started before that but there there's just there's a a, a large space there for conservative networks and as cnn and msnbc and and the left-wing media continues to drive america into the ground I think you're going to see more and more of this, uh, you know, networks coming out that, that stand up for the reality and for truth, and especially on this topic, 
for Securing America. From Real America Voice, producer Ben Berkwam. So you showed me a carpet shoe, which is, well, I'm familiar with those because Border Patrol has show, shown those to us through the years. Uh, it, literally, it's carpets. It's, yeah. it's carpets over shoes. They tie it to the shoes, and that way they don't trip Vietnam War era sensors that detect footsteps and, you know, on, on dirt. Right? Yeah. And that's the way they get by. And then you got a, you got a, a, a board here full of licenses and all things. What is that? What, what? The, so these are the IDs that were dropped on the Mexico side. Mo many of these were actually from about a year ago in Del Rio when we had the so-called Haitian crisis uh, under the bridge there, 15,000 people. Mm. Most of them, if you notice the IDs, they dropped them because they had actually been living in Chile and Brazil for five, six, seven years. Yes. They had been given sanctuary yes. uh, asylum in those countries. They were really pissed off when they were When they got deported Haiti. back to Haiti, that is actually what stopped it. It only took about 300 of them getting yes. sent back to Haiti. And they, the word spread, don't come, don't claim that you're from Haiti, uh, or else you might get sent back to Haiti. But we were actually interviewing them. So this is what you see. I've got some down here, a whole little patchwork from yeah, Senegal. I'll take a picture of that. I posted them on, on social media uh, yeah, later in the day. Uh, but from, from hundreds of different countries, this is, this is what we see, the invasion of our country. And the reason that we have this, the reason they're dumping their IDs, the same organizations that we are paying to bleed out America, these NGOs, so-called uh, charities. Yeah, uh, that Catholic charities, non-government organizations. Yeah. yeah, Lutheran charities. A lot of these, they're basically human smuggling organizations now. Uh, they are actually in these countries teaching people how to break our immigration laws. So they tell them, claim yeah. asylum, uh, say that you're fleeing for your life, and dump your ID, If especially if you're a single male, get a child along the way, purchase a child. There, there are markets in Mexico and Central America. You can buy children. And, and then they recycle them. The cartels recycle them. Yes. So you can, you know, as long as you're not wanted on Interpol, uh, then you can basically say whoever you want it to be or if you've been deported from the U.S. before. So that's what we see. It's it. It is a total destruction of this country, and it's by design. It's not. It's not accidental. Uh, this is intentional by the people right here where we're standing, Washington D.C. And it's scary to see the numbers that we're dealing with now, because everything that you mentioned, we've been talking about all the way back to the Obama years, uh, the rented children. You know, bring yep. a, a kid in, you'll be able to stay. All those yep. crazy things, but with the 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 backlog, the the asylum system that, that they're gaming, yep. right? the five probably five million people that have crossed illegally so far it's like this is unsus it was unsustainable then it is definitely beyond unsustainable now and when you say that it's by, it's by design who designed this brother because obviously the the mules for this are the modern democrat party yep. and the complicit media the national media that owns the eyes and ears of working people nationwide, spoon-feeding, irrelevant news, top of the hour, that's some dead queen, may she rest in peace, sweet lady, but has nothing to do with America and the information that they need to consume, even in two-minute uh, little vignettes, this crud. Yeah. The, the, the individuals that are coming into this country, that are gaming the system through asylum, that are renting children, re-renting children. This Border Patrol was telling us they're re-renting the same, they see the same kids over and they, they have special investigative units for stuff like this. This is a, a national security issue. It's of national priority, who's gaming us? Who, who, who designed this crap to, to take us down? Because it's this is obviously an effort to take our country down. Yeah, it's a combination of uh, communist globalists. They've been working for years behind the scenes, and uh, it's the Democrat Party now in America. Uh, it's a lot of large corporations, and it's uh, the, those so-called charities all working in conjunction with a fraudulent media 
that's aiding and abetting. There's a friend of mine, Lance Wallnow, calls it the seven mountains, seven pillars of society. Basically, every area of society has been influenced and, and taken over by these leftist globalists. And that's why it's so critical. November is the most important midterm election of our lifetimes. Uh, 2024 will follow that as being the most important general election. If we don't stop this bleeding out, it's national suicide. Our country is dead. Yeah. And I'm afraid that the American people, not enough of them, not enough voters, not enough individuals who actually will be voting, because there's a big chunk of them who haven't voted, who, who, who no longer vote, yep. who are not participating. in the. And I, I just look at my county. I was commenting on this the other day. Uh, as a former chairman for the GOP and volunteering through the elections, I, I always saw a big chunk of the 350,000 people that we have registered, always see about a big chunk of them, either a fourth, a fifth, a fourth, or a third, who, who just don't vote at all. And it's amazing to see such low voter turnout. They're registered to vote, but they're not participating. Our country is in danger. And like I tell people, the gist of it, you got to vote every single Democrat out. That's where it starts. That's it. Not that the Republicans are the saviors, but at least the Republicans are not for open border as we have right now with the modern Democrat Party. That's just my opinion, and That's it's it. based on truth. That's it. It's 100%. Based it's a pleasure meeting you, brother. Thank you, sir. Soldier on. Hope to speak with you in your future. Yep. And we'll see your work on online right now with Real America's Voice. God Thank bless you, brother. You. Bless you, my brother. This is the Sergio Show. This is the Sergio Show, News Talk 710 KURV. We're broadcasting from the nation's capital. It is the Federation for American Immigration Reform, the annual immigration conference. And I give you a Benny. I give you a Sheriff Benny. <laughs> My next guest, as, as we continue conversations uh, about the what we have right now, the Biden border mess. We've always had a mess on the border. But now it's worse. It's worse now than ever before. And uh, one of the really sad stories is uh, just north of us, north of McAllen, Brooks County. We, you know how it is. We we go by the Falfurias checkpoint at Falfurias. We go by the checkpoint. Maybe we'll stop by Waterburger, pick up a burger, and go north. But behind the scenes, we got uh, Doctor Vickers. We got some ranch land out there, and. Uh, we got people in law enforcement who traverse along with Border Patrol, uh, the ranch land that becomes the final resting place for um, a lot of people that cross the border illegally. And, and they tried it. You know, they followed the smug. They, they couldn't keep up. And they, they die in that ranch land. Our sheriff from Brooks County, Benny Martinez, joining us right now. Good morning, sir. I, I find it embarrassing, Sheriff DeBellis, with you. Look, I'm, I'm 60 miles south of you in McAllen. This is the first time I get to see the sheriff, Sheriff Benny, who we've had on the program before. This is, the, this is how radio works, people. Most of the conversations are by phone. I never get to see the people I interview. So we had to come to Washington, D.C. To meet to in meet, person? Yeah, to meet in person, to meet the sheriff. So Sheriff Benny Martinez joining me right now. Uh, sheriff, I had a, a friend in media who shared with me some pictures and did was talking with um, Dr. Vickers up there with some ranch land. Um, you guys have been seeing a spike in dead people up in, in Brooks County. How bad is it right now, Sheriff? Well, right now, you know, I was just, I just did an interview. There, they said that we had 66. I said I had to correct them. We had 78, 78 bodies. You know, every day there's there's a body here or there, right, that we pick up. So we're at 78 right now. Uh, we had 119 last year. Uh -huh. So I think we're on, on, on check again for for You base it on a calendar year or are you on, like, the – Fiscal year, no, so calendar year, calendar year. Yes, so you, you still got a way to go. Yes, yeah. Most of these people ha ha 
Have you been able to ID them? Where are they from? Are they still from Central America? Other places? Where are they coming from? These bodies that you're finding? You, you know, I, I got I got to thank the, our local border patrol uh, and RGV sector. You know, they 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 created this missing migrant uh, group that comes out and does fingerprinting if there's fingerprinting to be done, See. and uh, they're helping us on identifying them. So we're at at, at a real good percentage on 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 identifying them. On a, get get him identified. So, if for some reason that doesn't happen, then we'll we'll get a DNA. It, it, let's just say skeletal. We'll we'll get the DNA, send it to Namus, send it to uh, University of North Texas, uh, and then we get uh, Texas State University also involved. Is, is Namus like a database? Yes, for... sir. It's a database for missing persons. Okay. You know we're in the top five in terms of missing persons. Yeah. In, in, in the nation, but, but is that also like national, international? <laughs> yes, sir. It's national. Salvador and Honduras. Yeah, yes, sir. Say, hey, I haven't heard from my brother in six months. Can you? They, they'll that, put that, him in that list. That's correct. Okay. And 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 that's what that's where we at in, in that perspective, right? It's because I uh, I collaborate very well with all the consulates from the McAllen office. Yeah. You know, we we know each other very well, and and uh, they know us. They know our challenges we've had. But all those challenges have been corrected. Now we're, we're moving forward. We're, you know, a lot, a lot quicker. The process is quicker. What do you mean challenges? Well, sure. at first when I took off, is uh, they were just being buried with no type of ID being done. Okay. Okay. And and, and I got myself I- I- into a real bad situation in in, in terms that I had to different countries uh, saying that that body I had was theirs. Yeah. So that's where I figured, okay, we got problems here. So yeah, we, we we fixed it. You know, so I got Texas State that came in, Indianapolis came in, Indianapolis University came in, Baylor Same. University Baylor, came in, yeah. and, and and we started, you know, they, on, getting on point on this issue. So okay. the and that pro- was a few years back. I remember the good folks from Baylor having a conversation with us. Oof, yeah, it was several years back. Yes, sir. These teams come yes, down sir. here. So we we're we're on check now. We're we're, okay. we're good now. I get them calls from the sheriff out of Maverick County. Hey, Benny, how do I do this? Yeah, you know, because I'm getting them now, right? So you know. Uh, Valverde County, same thing. Hey, Benny, what are you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm also holding bodies for Merrick, uh, not for uh, Savala County, because they, they're, they're being overwhelmed, Savala County, which is but what? But you're a small three. county to begin yeah. with. What do you hold these for? Well, we have, we bodies. have, what I have is, is a morgue that, that can house up to 35, 40 bodies. When did you get that? Through the governor's office just recently, about, about three or four months ago. You know, so, so it's a it's a mobile morgue. No, sir, it's a permanent morgue. A brick and mortar. Yeah, yeah. they set it up that quick. Yes, sir. We don't know. It, it it was already built. Well, they it, retrofit something. Yes. Okay. And and we have you know it, it's real nice. Really, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but it's it, it's it is very appropriate for us, right? <laughs> so and, and I'm, I'm sorry. It's uh, yeah. I you sh- I shouldn't be laughing about this. It's just yeah. It's you know it's amazing how quickly you get up and running. Cause, and and it's not a surprise because. COVID, you know, FEMA, they had like refrigerator trucks holding right. the remains of folks as right. well. So it's, it's dual. But but it's, the issue is is that now I'm helping Savala County where they don't have to have the cost that we did back in between 29 and 2012. You know, we had a cost of $700,000 that the county lost because of this issue. My goodness. Yes, sir. And I haven't okay, been able to recover that. Uh, my guess right now is our sheriff just north of us, Brook County, uh, in Brooks County, uh, Urbino Benny Martinez. And came all the way to Washington to finally meet him in person. We're talking about how his office is helping other sheriff's office, other, other folks. Uh, well, they're gathering the dead and storing the dead. The illegal immigrants that traversed Rancho La Quineña, ranch country, they didn't make it. They succumbed to the elements. 
the probably the the smugglers abandoned them you know the coyotes the, the cartels because they couldn't keep up and they just kind of left them there to die in the sun so let's go back to what you said that 700 some odd thousand bucks that you lost back was you said 2010 2012 between 20 2009 and 2012 you, 700,000 bucks that your county which is a small county not very well populated uh, no the tax revenue ain't that big what you do back then how'd you how'd you guys balance the books down there if you were spending so much on well we, we, had, to, we had to lay people off and we had to cut our uh, i think we could cut our salaries by maybe five percent or more okay so that's how we survived so when that happened, at, at the end of 2012, I, 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 I got with uh, Governor Perry back then, and Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Dewhurst, and they, they sent us pretty much a check of 300000 mm. to get us up and going, and they've been providing those fundings, those fundings ever since then. Okay. With, with, without a miss, they're there. Okay. So, you know, this is why I'm a very strong advocate for the governor's initiative. Because I know what happens in Brooks County, and I know what other counties can go through if they're not set for this type of issue. Since you see the long lines of the illegal immigrants that traverse ranch land go around the Border Patrol checkpoint, tell me how your office, the sheriff's office, what calls do you get either from ranch owners or property owners that are desperate and maybe scared? We get a lot of calls, especially on 911 calls, because all the 911 calls connect to Brooks County. We run that also. Okay. And you can you can hear the desperate cry, pretty much. The, the cry of saying, okay, goodbye, tell my families goodbye, tell my mama goodbye. But the ranchers and... I'm talking about the immigrant himself. Oh, I'm seeing. Okay. 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 I'm talking about that. Yes, sir. Their, their last call. They know they're dying, they're baking in the sun, no one's going exactly. to get them. Exactly. Can you find those people? Is there a way to triangulate the position it, based it, on towers? Well, and this this is another argument I've been having with with towers with these telephone people because they everyone says I'm it. Well, they're not it because when you triangulate, you're within three or four miles. Oof, that's a lot of that's, that's a lot of land. Uh, sir, there's a lot of land. It is. There, there's no and way. And it we all can, looks the same. It all looks the same. Bunch of mesquite trees. So that's when they call us. That's what they tell us. Well, I'm in front of a mesquite un cactus one is. So with the border patrol initiative again, go back to border patrol. There's over two, three hundred placards out there in the land, in the private lands. Three hundred, you know, three three hundred placards. Yeah. That that'll. All they gotta do is call us nine one one. Tell us the numbers on that placard, and we'll be right. We'll get right to them, yeah. and that's helped. There's been a lot of them rescued. There've been over 1,500 of them. That that's been this just their their fiscal year. Over 1,500 that have received some type of emergency medical treatment. Are there and, water and stations out there? Uh, they they have they, they have they have water barrels out there. Uh, they have placards. They have beacons. We have oh, there we go another thing beacons beacons. We have two aerostats in Brooks County. Okay, two in Brooks County. Okay, it, it serves two purposes. Those that are, that to see the group that are coming through because we at, at, at times we'll have maybe three or four groups of 20 or 30 walking simultaneously in different you know yeah. different areas or we can muscle manners get to where that body's at okay if, if we can get someone from that particular group because if a group finds a body they'll leave it alone they'll call us when they get to the destination whether it be dc maryland or anywhere else they're going the illegals will call you and say we found a body three miles north of whatever checkpoint or something like that yes yes wow but they don't call us then yeah they'll wait but wait yeah because they don't want to get uh intercepted interdicted by law yeah 
I mean, you know, I had, I, I mean, I have a lot of scenarios that I can talk to about those particular issues that really uh, gets me very frustrated because we can pretty much get to that body and maybe save that body if they're injured yeah. versus them waiting for them to circle around and come back to us. And I'm says, assuming that, well, that they're, they're dead already, right? Or, or they will report, we left somebody injured. They do that, uh, but yeah. after they get to the destination. Uh, that, but that's, yeah. And, and these wow. are the same group, the same people that are within the same group. Uh, I always talk about three different issues I have. The national security issue, national security issue, right? The, the health issue, the health issue, and especially with COVID, because we've been testing some of these bodies, and we're about a 20, 20% COVID tested positive, right? And we deal with these people. And then we have the humanitarian issue. Those three components that we deal with in Brooks County on a constant basis. But, but many thanks to, to those universities, to Border Patrol that come in and help us because I welcome them to come and help us. I open that door for me. I need help. This is what I need. So you bring in these experts that know how to handle issues, right? And, and, and it gets done. And then the consulate that helps us, right? And then I collaborate with counties from Fafurias all the way down to Refugio, to Warden County, because their problems is my problem. Yeah, it's a long way. And my problem is their problem. So through us counties, we're able to make more arrests. We're able to, to kind of disrupt for a little while that particular organization. And, of course, anytime we do that, we collaborate with ICE, the investigative unit, the ICE, so we can come back and do follow-up investigations on it. All right, Sherry, Sheriff Benny Martinez from Brooks County. Uh, there's so much more to talk about, but Lord willing, we'll uh, touch base again. Sure. Thank you. Join us on the Drive Home Show as well with the boys, and uh, we'll continue this conversation at a later date. Thank you, Sheriff. Thank you, Sheriff. It's a pleasure meeting you, sir. Yep. Our, our Sheriff from Brooks County, just north of us, Urbino, Benny Martinez. This is the Sergio Show. your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's Morning News. Weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day and special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. Well, let's now enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's Morning News with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Well, they let me out of the studio again. That's a big mistake. That's a big mistake. I got all the way to Washington, D.C. this time. Yeah, good luck getting me back. This is the Sergio Show special edition because we're broadcasting from the nation's capital again. Yeah, it's we've gone full circle. Another year has gone by. Another September is coming and going. Yeah, we do this every September, thanks to the Federation for American Immigration Reform, the annual conference where we focus on the problems related to immigration policy or lack of policy and lack of enforcement of border law. And we'll continue to share with you some conversations. I pre-recorded some live conversations as well, the folks on the front lines from the nation's capital, looking at the illegal immigration mess that we have that has a peculiar and unique stench to it 
thanks to Joe Biden doing a 180 from a secure border to pretty much an open border. And they know about it in Central America, South America. They know about it all over the world. We had a Fox News reporter do a Q&A with somebody that crossed in illegally from Central America and was asking, hey, you think the border's secure? No, it's open. <laughs> Thank you, Biden. Pretty much that was the extent of the conversation. So join us today. Join us tomorrow. i got more conversations to share with you, and probably Friday I'll do a best of because, man, this information needs to get out there. We can't. I, I can't do just a one-and-done play these conversations again we're at the federation for american immigration reform annual immigration conference in the nation's capital this is the sergio show i'm the appropriately named sergio sanchez big thank you to dlj commercial roofing thank you to south texas buick gmc thank you to lone star national bank for the program my guest right now from the heritage foundation and let me preface this conversation by saying uh, you work for a living Uh, the heritage foundation is a good organization that you should be providing you know 50 bucks 100 bucks 200 bucks every now and then just put some money in the piggy bank to keep conservatives working in washington on our nation's behalf to try to preserve our liberties the heritage foundation is one of those organizations joe edlow a visiting fellow border security and immigration issues his specialty joe it's a pleasure meeting you sir thanks for stopping by today sergio thanks so much for having me I th- come up to the microphone brother I, th- I think it's important to get a little bit of history just real quick the, the thumbnail sketch the heritage foundation going back all the years to reagan uh, tell me the history and what the heritage foundation does to protect our liberties heritage foundation was founded to protect our liberties uh was was founded by a group of uh conservatives so that they could uh, get as a, as a think tank to get the information out there so that people could understand in plain speak outside of uh, outside of capitol hill uh what was going on what needed to happen and and so that people could really understand what the conservative issues were and and how people could get involved in and and make a difference uh and, and on the immigration side, we've really stepped that up in the last couple months. Uh, we, we've done a, a great job of, of exposing the uh, the double speak uh, in Washington on immigration, the lack of enforcement, as you said, the lack of border security, and uh, we're I'm very proud of the work that we're doing right now on immigration enforcement. Just another little sidebar mention: if you make a donation to the Heritage Foundation, they will fa- faithfully email you or actually snail mail you uh, a monthly. Uh, article uh, with a an invited guest um, could be an academic could be a, a judge might be a former politician current politician but always talking about the issues that are most salient um, in politics in society and it's it's a great read terrific and you'll get that as, as part of your donation to the heritage foundation okay so you mentioned doublespeak and in talking with you a little bit off air uh, Joe Edlow from the Heritage Foundation. He has been witnessing through the years the double speak, especially from Democrat politicians, how their eyes are opened on the border. And just a few months later, when the cameras show up and they start talking, you know, bad about Trump or whatever, you know, try to you know, defend the Democrat Party narrative of open borders, it seems, they forget everything that they learned. So tell me about some of the work you've been doing through the years, taking delegations to to the border. So uh, years ago, um, I I have spent time as a staffer for the House Judiciary Committee on the Immigration Subcommittee. Uh, More recently, I was the 
the acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services administering the uh, immigration system of this country under President Trump. But before that, when I was uh, with Congress, I was involved in congressional delegation trips down to the border. And there were, it was a bipartisan trip, bipartisan trips where we had members of both uh, Republicans and Democrats. And we went to detention facilities where there were kids. We went, we saw Border Patrol, Border Patrol officers on horses. And there, the, the Democrats didn't bat an eye in what we were seeing. Uh, but then years later, when we see, we see more, more photographs of, of the children in detention, we see, uh, misleading photographs of border patrol on horseback doing things that they were not actually doing but they were the, the photographs made it look like they were uh, engaging in, in in wrongful behavior which they weren't um these same democrats that i was on the trips with were suddenly espousing all sorts of uh of of policy changes that needed to be made uh to to fix these but yet they were down there saying how wonderful the work that was being done and i will say i've been down to mccallan i've been down to uh, other parts of texas and other parts of the border and and the work that border patrol is doing the work that the U that the department of homeland security is doing down there is just phenomenal and i am so sad uh by the uh the handcuffs that this administration has placed on the Department of Homeland Security, the good working men and women of the department that just want to do the work that they were sworn to uphold to do. I hope that we still have enough people at Immigration Customs Enforcement, at Border Patrol, and the ancillary other you know, sister branches and offices. I hope we have en enough of them because, look, I'm... I'm convinced, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I'm convinced that, yes, there will be a, a political change um, come November. But in two years, the executive branch, I do believe, will be back in the hands of either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or somebody that is more in line with executing law, with a chief executive that actually um, enforces the law on the border and it's going to be really hard to fix. Right now, we're bleeding. We're hemorrhaging bad people retiring early. They're leaving Border Patrol. They're leaving. ICE has been neutered completely. Uh, I hope we have enough people by the time that we, we're able to you know, I, I arrest agree. this. I agree. But the, the work that, that, that I'm working on right now at Heritage is focused on, yes, we, we need the administration to be enforcing the laws on the books. But where the focus needs to be right now is especially if congress changes hands congress needs to be using its oversight authority okay and congress needs to be ensuring that the executive branch is enforcing the laws that are on the books we can't be giving the, de the department of homeland security under the biden administration the latitude under the guise of prosecutorial discretion which they just kind of make that up as they go along uh, to not enforce the law, <laughs> which is what they've been doing. And, and they, they call it quiet quitting. It's it's not doing your job. It's, it's not. That's what it is. It's not. I, I believe because it's a national security issue. Oh, by the way, Joe Edlow from the Heritage Foundation, he's an immigration expert, a border security expert, has experience in Congress, took so many delegations to our border for lawmakers to open up their eyes and see this mess for so many years. Uh, this is a national security issue, Joe, and I'm really surprised that no one in Congress, Republicans, because it's going to come from them, one of them, no one's been courageous enough, had the you-know-what's, to say we need to impeach Joe Biden because he is not doing his job, and this is a national security problem. 
our country is at risk from either a terrorist attack or all these cartels enriching themselves, uh, all these criminals coming. It's a health issue as well. He's not doing his job. He must be impeached for not being the chief executive of our country. I, th- I think it's it's sellable. We've seen we've seen members trying to fi- filing articles of impeachment against against the attorney general for things. We've seen uh, we've seen articles of impeachment against the secretary of homeland security for just exactly what you're talking about. No, we really haven't seen it for the president yet. But you know, we it's only a matter of time before Is it a something. Lack of courage, happens. Joe. Because you know, look on the on the other side, these crazies, these lunatics would impeach Trump for. Whatever he spilled a glass of milk. Okay, we need to preach him because you know children are going without milk. I, I don't think it's a lack of courage. I think it's wanting to make sure that if they are ready to move forward on a true article of impeachment that makes sense, mm-hmm. that they have the true evidence. Not not just the words. Never not stop just, the Democrats. I, I never stop the Democrats, <laughs> but it should have. And the reason that Republicans in Congress are a little bit more well-reasoned on everything. Well, there's a lot of reasons why they're more well-reasoned. But one of the things that I've always respected about the way that Republicans acted in Congress is they don't just act in a rash manner. And so what we want to see is we want to see a case being built. And if there is something down the line that's worth uh, moving toward impeachment, we want to make sure that that case is built. And that's why you're working toward a case for Secretary Mayorkas at this moment. Uh, that's why you've got members of Congress working toward that and building the evidence to that. And I think that's where the case needs to be made at this moment. Respectfully, Joe, I think just like the stuff that's rolling in my head where Joe Biden goes into office and it, Mallorca's wasn't there yet. as idiot. He wasn't there yet. Joe Biden shows up, does a 180. No more deportations. Nobody leaves. And then it snowballs from there. And everything from the additional deaths in ranch country to the additional rapes uh, and, and murders and people drowning, all these things, I think, need to be placed at his doorstep because he is the one who created the magnet well, this way. You're not wrong. And, and what you have, what, what you're saying, what you've said at the beginning was essentially what I've been saying from the beginning. Perceptions matter. People know south of the border that we have an open border, that this country is open for business. And so everyone's coming right now. And so what we have done, what this president has done, what this administration has done is he has created a, a situation where this entire country, no matter where you live, whether it's McAllen or New York City or Martha's Vineyard or anywhere else, you are living in a border community whether you realize it or not. Regardless of everything else, it is a border community because of the actions of this administration. Yeah. Because they do not care about it. And sadly, it's taken some charter buses and some planes from, you know, from some governors, courageous governors who who finally caught on to what Ted Cruz was saying about a year ago. Send these folks to sanctuary cities for them. They hate their sanctuary cities. They want to do it. They're inviting these folks. Go take care of it. It's taken that. And look at the, look at the ridiculous lunatic pushback from the. They want charges. They they want to find what if a crime was committed. By the governors to prosecute them for moving these folks. The the the, the, the Bayhar County Sheriff, Mr. Salazar, is it? Uh, good luck. He should he should really <laughs> tread carefully. I'm not sure where he gets the jurisdiction from to, to do what he thinks he's going to do, but uh, more so, yeah. I don't know where he comes off of this from because what he's alleging is going on is exactly what the Biden administration was doing six, eight months ago. Oh, and, and like I was telling somebody earlier in the program, 
my county judge, my mayors in McAllen, the cities that in, where McAllen was pretty much the main door at one point. Now it's Del Rio. Now it's Eagle Pass. These smaller communities that don't have the resources, definitely don't have the resources that McAllen does. But the objective from the very beginning, through Obama, through Donald Trump, before he secured it, and now through Biden, as soon as they cross, Border Patrol has a staging area. Now, because of Biden, they separate the ones who have COVID and get through. The objective from the very beginning for years now, I would say more than 10 years, is to stage them. Uh, Catholic Charities makes money hand over fist, housing them and caring for them. Okay. And then get them out of town. Get them out of town. So I, I, I figure in the fantasy world that the Bear County Sheriff lives in, if he goes after the governors, then he's going to take down mayors of McAllen, county judges in South Texas, who they're objective for years now is to get them out of town as quickly as get them on buses out of town as quickly as possible. If, if the Bayhart County Sheriff wants to go after that, then I'd ask him to go after one more thing. I'd ask him to find out what the authority is that the U.S. Department of Homeland Security is using to stage these people, get them with the NGOs that you're mentioning, yeah. Catholic Charities, yeah. and to move them away from the border. Because as an immigration expert, I've read the immigration laws many, many times. I don't see the authority that's being used to get them away from the borders, to get them out of detention, and to get them uh, away from the expedited removal process. I'm sorry to get all immigration nerdy on you, but <laughs> no, it's I, true. I just, it's true. I, I, I'm 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 befuddled. Well, you know by it, what man. I'm you know the code. The uh, yeah. Visiting fellow with the Heritage Foundation, expert in border security and immigration issues, Joe Edlow is my guest. The Sergio Show. We're broadcasting from the nation's capital. We're part of the Federation for American Immigration Reform annual immigration conversations at this moment nationwide, literally. And I say this because we have close to a 100 representatives, but then on top of that, the other stations, these are some of the national talkers who are here as well. These national talkers have hundreds of affiliates. So we had literally hundreds of radio stations nationwide working people across America that are listening to this immigration mess that we are in. And I would hope and pray that this turns around and maybe they call their lawmakers and and you know chew their ear off for a while because that's the only thing they can do now because we need people to vote correctly uh come november and if they do joe and let's say you know the republicans get the house again they get the senate uh, they can't do anything without the executive branch what sh as far as oversight what's the first thing that a republican congress con con uh, congressional leadership should be doing uh when they take control next next january well, uh, other than uh, beginning a legislative package, a, a short legislative package that makes some clear, again, immigration nerdy talk, but some clear changes to asylum law. Uh, Almost single-issue legislation. Single-issue yeah. package, small package legislation to deal with some things along the border that specifically affect people coming in along the border, the southwest border. Uh more so on the oversight front. Is that wishful thinking? On it's our not. Side? It okay. is not. It is. It is what the Republican leadership says they are moving toward. Okay. And I believe them. Okay. I, I really so. think, and I think that the conference right now has matured. They understand these issues, and I believe the okay. rank and file is ready to move forward on that. But I think oversight is equally as important. Education is going to be very important, but the oversight capacity for them to begin to dismantle the notion that everything falls into this guise of prosecutorial discretion and that we can, in fact, take the action that the law has mandated uh, is something that needs to get back. We can't hide behind the COVID umbrella that we can't detain people because everyone 
is going to get COVID, we can't keep doing that. We can't keep saying that everyone needs to be uh, led into the country because we have no other way to keep them or we have no other way to process them. No, we have other methods. When I was in the Trump administration, we had several different methods that were all within the complete law that kept people uh, either detained or kept people in Mexico or kept people in a situation where they were efficiently and effectively processed, got them a decision very, very quickly so that they could either be returned or start their new life if they yeah. actually had a legitimate claim for protection. But you know what? We weren't keeping people in limbo. What this administration does is keep everybody in limbo forever, keeps them in the shadows and keeps them in a bad status where they are not nothing. Nothing is happening to protect them mm -hmm. or anybody else mm -hmm. or the American people. It is just a all around. The system is not broken. The system is just being ignored. Mm -hmm. And we need we need courageous members of Congress to get up there to go to the Department of Homeland Security and to say, what are you doing? Open your books. Give us the authority. Show us the authority you're using. And if you don't have it, stop it. Good. I hope so, Joan. I hope. They go to single issue, point by point. I know Joe Biden's going to shoot it down, but point by point, let him shoot it down. Let him shoot it down. And um, and then the oversight, absolutely. Yeah. And I would hope and pray that <laughs> that the headlines are there, because that's another thing. The American press, the the dinosaur media, uh, they don't they don't do us any any favor. Uh, they don't do our liberty any favor by not covering any of this or spinning it in, in a way that. Um, it's twisted. Oh, and that's it's why. Wrong. That's why having you here yeah. speaking to it's your not listeners enough, is no. But it's you know, enough. but it's it, it's where we need to be. All right. Thanks for stopping by, brother. It's a pleasure so meeting you. Me. And I, I'm going to be calling you plenty future because I, I need your help, uh, guidance on a lot, of, a lot of this stuff. Joe Edlo with the Heritage Foundation. Seriously, amigo. Seriously, I know you're working for a living. Uh, you earn every dollar, but the Heritage Foundation because I give to them. I, I, I tell you, because I give to them. It, it's not much, 50 bucks here and there, but uh, it's something. And we get millions of, of liberty-loving Americans. We can do the same. Please uh, fund, support the Heritage Foundation, also their action arm that is working on our behalf. Uh, that's Joe Edlow from the Heritage Foundation. This is The Sergio Show. Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. You're in tune with the Sergio Show, broadcasting from the nation's capital. I am the appropriately named Sergio Sanchez, broadcasting today from the nation's capital with this Federation for American Immigration Reform annual conversation on, on all the immigration ills that we have in our country. Uh, my next guest is Susan Kibbe, and she is the executive director of South Texans Property Rights, and she's a neighbor to Sheriff Benny up in Brooks County. Welcome to the program, and good to meet you here in D.C. Thank you, Sergio. It's so, nice to be here. So as you've been talking with folks uh, today, all these various stations uh, that 
or across the nation. Uh, you've been obviously telling them where you live, uh, just north of us. Where are you, uh, Susan? So I am uh, about 80 miles from the Texas-Mexico border yeah. in southern Jomos County. Yeah, near Falfurias? Near Falfurias. Falfurias, Falfurias, yeah. What is the proper term? Is it Falfurias or Falfurias? What is it? <laughs> it's a culture thing. Let's just put it that way. We got into a tug of war years back because I understand the whole uh, naming of certain ranch, like Refurio. I get it. That's how the cowboys referred to it long ago, Refurio. But it's a Spanish word. It's a refugio. So we got into right. a tug of war back so on that Balfurias is an Indian name of okay. sorts. Yeah, but but neither nor. Pronunciation, I think we just pronounce it the way we We're want. probably not even saying it right, either English right. Or, or Spanish. So... The South Texans Property Rights Organization, what is that, Sue? So it is a landowner group that um, formed officially back in 2006 because of border security issues. And um, from that time, we've been making inroads on border security for the land, from the landowner's point of view until about a year and a half ago when the wheels fell off the wagon. Yeah, we went 180 yes. <laughs> the other direction. Yes, so tell me about the folks that you represent, the folks that um, are part of this organization, the landowners, the ranch owners, uh, some of the experiences that they, that they go through um, as the cartels and the smugglers move through that ranch. Land. Right. So uh, we can start with property damage. Um, property damage can be extensive depending on where they're located geographically, you mm-hmm. know, on the route, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And those landowners get hit multiple times. Those that have uh, land on the, on the highways or the pickup points. Um, the smugglers are now, if they feel the heat, law enforcement heat is too heavy, they'll drive from, you're familiar with, 281, yeah. and they'll cut across and go all the way over to 77 through ranch land. So just just picture what kind of property damage is done. They cut locks. Four-wheel drive, big four, trucks? or They're mostly stolen vehicles, stolen okay. out of, of course. Uh, <laughs> out of Houston. <laughs> is the city of choice, but uh-huh. San Antonio is not immune, and, and even uh, truck stops. So beware if you've got a big, nice um, um, truck. Uh, don't leave the keys in it. Don't keep it running because it could be headed down. To Man, that's Rama. a good 40-mile stretch between 281 and 77. Yes, and these is. SOBs, yes. they will cut across all that mesquite land and fences that just run everything down from one side to the other? Yes, they will. And just think of the damage that does. Yeah. And, you know, we represent agricultural land. So it's it's ranchers and farmers and those that are um, in conservation for wildlife. And just imagine what that does to their, um, their practice models, you know, uh, what they're trying to implement and put in place. So it's already hard enough to make a living in agriculture these days. Yeah. Um, but when you're faced with this extra expense, and then that leads into safety. They 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 don't um, they don't feel safe on their property anymore. Ballpark figure, you know, muscle minerals. How much does it cost? Like the average repair of a fencing that's destroyed. Depending if it's barbed wire, woven wire, or high fence, it can go anywhere from a dollar fifty to a foot to over five dollars a foot. So, in one instance, depending on if they drag it down, it could be several thousands of dollars. Because <laughs> they got the the wire, they'll and they catch they'll it, yank the everything That's else, right. and it goes. Yes. And then the livestock. 
And then Bye-bye. livestock. Right. They, they leave, right? Yes. They got to round them up. Do Are they successful in rounding most of them up, or do they lose some of these animals? Yes. They, they, so there's many of them that have stopped raising cattle on the on the perimeter um, pastures just for that reason. Yeah. Um, because then you worry about liability issues if the you know cows are out on the on the roads. Um, and then that's not the only property damage. You know, a lot of times they break into homes and sheds and yeah. hunting camps and then tear down watering places. A lot of landowners now put water out for them. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. They tear down okay, so, so the watering places for some of these people to survive? So, like, on water troughs, cattle water troughs. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, cattle water troughs, where yeah. they come up and they have the, you know, the fixtures on it and the float. Yes. They'll tear it off to be able to get access to the water. So that's why many landowners now just try to provide water there to help mitigate that, that issue. That's why they all They'll put a barrel nearby with yeah. a, a little flag. Okay, drink this. Uh, well, don't drink just, the cow water. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't well, destroy the equipment. Similar to that. Yeah. And they build ladders up over their fences, especially the high fences, wow. so they don't drag them down. But a lot of them don't use them because they feel like there's um, cameras there and they can be seen and photographed. So it's just it's just an issue that um, that when we thought we were making so much progress that now that the policy has changed 180 and that that we're abandoned you know it's it's not about law enforcement anymore it's about it's about um migration humane migration it's it's not law and order susan kibbe director of south texas property rights and she represents our area she's just north of us all the ranchers farmers and you know lease uh, owners and bed and breakfast properties all these folks up there that you own ranch land uh, this is one of those organizations that uh, they get together and, and, and share their their troubles i i know governor greg abbott he's been trying to champion the cause for of landowners on the border um you think the governor's at least trying getting it right to he's, some degree he's trying He's trying. He's helping the counties. Um, he's helping law enforcement in these counties. And, what else and would then, you like the governor to do? I mean, there's well, only so much he can do. You no, know, that's that's just it. What is the governor's responsibility? You know, immigration is a federal issue, um, and it's their responsibility to protect their citizens, and they're not. So the governor has stepped up and is doing what he can, and he is helping these counties that have declared, you know, a disaster so that they can get monies to help um, do the things that they need to do to keep the citizens in their area safe. The ranchers and property owners, folks that you speak with, are they ever threatened by the coyotes, the human smugglers? So it's mostly those that live on the river, and it's mostly employees. So, for instance, uh, one could be on a uh, tractor uh, uh, disking a field, and they'll come approach him and tell him to leave, and he can come back in however many minutes. I know they're at the uh, butterfly um, oh, yeah, work. the sanctuary, yeah, in yes. mission. Yeah. Um, before she was against um, border security, she uh, would come to the meetings there in McAllen. And, really? Yes, and she would tell us that um, they felt threatened by the cartels, that they would come in and make a This is the first we hear. That. I think it's important to get the backstory because not enough people follow. Even at the local level, I don't think we repeated the story enough. This butterfly sanctuary place in, in mission 
uh, it's pretty much pulled the plug on participating with any wall or any border enforcement effort. And um, what more of the backstory can you tell me? Because because um, oh, I'm surprised that she was participating at the beginning. With she, she was there. She was participating and sharing experiences and uh, requesting Border Patrol help. And then that changed with the, the new administration. The Because uh, Biden came in? And did a 180 on, on Trump's was, thing? It or what? during the Trump administration that she started pushing back. Oh, I see. Yeah. Didn't like Trump? Didn't like Trump. I think uh, the owner, wherever he's from, New York, I'm not sure, um, he didn't like it. Yeah, so. We'll get in line. Uh, we got issues that we need to address on, on the border. Uh, Susan Kibbe, Executive Director of South Texans Property Rights. How many people would you say, landowners, uh, how big is your association? So we, have, so we have about um, 600 properties That's represented. pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's a lot it's of a, land. It's a regional area. That sounds like represent. almost all the land. If it's 600, <laughs> it sounds like almost we all the land in here. about 5 million acres. Yeah. I think that's the way to kind of look at How it. How often do you meet and um, um, what do you so hear? We're, having, we're actually having our uh, big meeting and fundraiser in McAllen at Casa del Palmas on October 8th. Okay. And um, that's our big members meeting, our annual meeting. We have um, regional gatherings um, on various other issues because border security is not our only issue. We concentrate on other issues that affect landowners. Okay. Like, Try, for example, give me an example. Uh, so like uh, human and animal health. Okay. Um, and that that human, the animal component to that is cattle fever tick that affects landowners on the border, yeah. uh, chronic wasting disease that affects our wild deer in Texas, uh, water, uh, landowner well, liability. There we go. Um, um, prescribed burning. Uh, wanting oh, to make that's sure a that, big one. <laughs> well, just to make sure that that's a land use that we can continue to use yeah. even as our counties get uh, become more urbanized. You know, yeah. there's a rural need for that. Well... When it comes to ticks and chiggers and wasting disease, I'm a city boy. I, I'm, I'm the grandkid of, of farmers in, in Mexico, but I'm a city boy now. And even Davis, my my colleague, he's a city boy. Uh, but we we try to you know talk with folks that are experts in health, and because you know, we know it's a very big issue, especially with our listeners at Talk Radio, they're also tuning in from 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 Ranchland. Um, did I give you my card at the beginning? You did. Okay. Get back with me. so That way we can, as you get closer to your fundraiser, we come okay. back on the radio. Get you on Excellent. the drive home program. Because you're going to be you're gonna be in McAllen. I know. At Casa de Palmas. Yes, and that's a beautiful property. We yeah. need to promote it. So it's, uh, it's a fundraiser, but do you also, are so you always, we'll always, always looking for? Okay. Uh, yes, we have guest speakers. Adair Margo from the Tom Lee Institute. Um, he's a fellow Texan from El Paso. He's the one that wrote the, um, the King Ranch books. Um, she'll be wow. speaking, um, as well as Congresswoman Flores. Um, Maida's going to be there? Maida's going to oh, be good. there, yes. And then we'll have a gentleman um, that was tasked with figuring out what happened with the 2021 freeze. And so he'll be speaking about that and what, what occurred. Great. And, yeah. Great subject, man. Uh, are, do you still, are you still selling tickets yes. for the event? How much are they, and where can folks get? Um, so membership entrance is $100. Non-member is 125 but that also makes you a associate member for one year. Um, and you can sponsor it. You just go to our website, and it will um, give you that information. S-T-P-R-A.org. That, that is South Texans Property Rights. South Texans Property Rights. S-T-P-R-A dot org is the website. And the fundraiser is on the 8th 
at Casa de Palmas. Hope you can support this effort. Well, it's a pleasure, Ms. Susan. Thank you for uh, having me, Sergio. uh, We'll be calling you again. And please call us. Uh, We'll be happy to help in your events. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to the Sergio Show, live from the nation's capital, News Talk 710 KURV. Big thank you to DLJ Commercial Roofing. Thank you to South Texas Buick GMC. And also thank you to Lone Star National Bank for the program. Join us online. These conversations that you probably miss if you're just joining us on the program. You cannot miss this. Please go back and listen to all these great interviews. Very eye, It's eye-opening information. You need to know. KURV.com is the website. KURV.com is the website. Look for the SoundCloud section. This is the Sergio Show.